Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back, almost all of us. Stu is having some back problems, so uh, he is going to miss today. Hopefully, he'll be back next week. And um, we're about to do what we love doing most. And I'm not just saying that. Uh, we we love this show. Uh, we we love the relationship we have with our listeners. We have some great callers out there that we just think of as our friends, uh, regular callers. We have lots of new callers, and uh, oh, we uh, uh, the, the team. Um, uh, almost all of the team was at Valencia Falls in Del Rey. Uh, the group down there. We want to thank Jason and Jessica and Sam, Rick and Nancy and I were down there. Uh, spoke with them on Thursday night, and uh, we're uh, uh, we just love that group of people. They're they're a computer a computer club, and they like uh, the technical aspects of what's going on. With we talked a lot about Tesla, like we do on this show, and uh, autonomous driving, electric vehicles. Had a really good time. So hopefully, uh, some of you folks at Valencia Falls are listening today. We'd love to hear hear from you. Call the show at eight seven seven. Nine six zero ninety nine sixty. As I said at the meeting, you know your questions are what's most important. We can we can talk all day long about what we like to talk about, but it's what our listeners want to talk about. So uh, please make a note of this number, even if you don't have time to call right now. We're on for two hours. You know, we'll be on if you're listening elsewhere in the in the world. We're on ten from eight to ten. That's Eastern Standard Time. 10, that's Florida time, East Coast time, 8 to 10. So if uh, if you're driving and you can't call now, write this number down, please. 877-960-9960. Actually, I don't want you to write it down if you're driving, but try to memorize it. <laughs> 877-960-9960. And uh, we got Rick. We'll be monitoring all the other venues to reach us. Uh, text 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. That text number again is seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. You can also reach us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And our YouTube, which is just a lot. We have a huge uh, following on YouTube. It used to be Facebook. And, uh, I think we get more YouTube than phone calls. At least it's close. But YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. You can see us in the studio. It's a streaming, live streaming. YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Um, lots of stuff in the news. You're, you're hearing how the car industry is, is uh, coming back. And this is good news for you. 
It's not, not all that good news for the manufacturers and the dealers. The manufacturers and dealers, at least most of the manufacturers, but I think all the dealers had record profit months uh, last year. So as the supply increases, the prices are coming down. So for you, the car buyer, uh, things are looking better in 2023 by far. Uh, used car prices, I recall, in the automotive news this week, will be down another 11% in 2023. So they came down in 2022 and they'll come again, come down more in 2023. And we've already seen the, uh, the uh, new car prices coming down. So we're back to whatever the new normal is going to be. Uh, I don't think they're ever going to come down as far as they were pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, but maybe they will. I don't know. Uh, manufacturers are very competitive. Dealers are very competitive. And competition is your best friend. So who knows? I mean, we might get back to the crazy days of, uh, of dealers selling cars at cost, near cost, if you're shrewd, if you're armed uh, intellectually, <laughs> if you understand how to go about it, you can really buy a car uh, pretty close to dealer cost. Dealers before the pandemic actually lost money in their new car departments. I mean, you were considered a good uh, dealer, whether you're talking Cadillac or Honda or Toyota, if you broke even in the new car department. So uh, a lot of people really got taken advantage of, but some really bought cars very, very low. So you listen to this show, we'll give you some good tips on how you can do that. You can negotiate. Uh, we uh, mystery shopped a dealership. And we do our mystery shopping report. That's where we send an undercover agent in to some dealer, usually in Florida, but we've been out of state, Tennessee, Pennsylvania. But we send a, a, a mystery shopper in, and uh, they negotiate the best they can to buy a car. And uh, we uh, shopped a dealer locally uh, in South Florida uh, that was advertising discounts of thousands of dollars below MSRP. So we just said, what's that all about? I mean, right now, if you buy a car at MSRP, you consider yourself lucky. Uh, but car but prices are coming down. So I just don't believe they've come down that far. This particular dealer, I think he advertised one car at $5,000 off MSRP and another one at $8,000 off MSRP. So we said, we got to check this out. And uh, Agent Lightning, uh, check this dealer out. You're going to love this report. We do the mystery shopping report the last half hour of the show. So even if you can't watch and listen to the whole show, tune back in around 930 and you can catch the uh, mystery shopping report. It's very interesting. We look for anomalies around. It just We see something that looks a little strange. We, we send Agent Lightning in to try to find what's going on. I think I mentioned that my son, Stu, uh, did not make it in today. Uh, his back is acting up. He's been out for a long time, but he got back last week. And uh, he's uh, going to be uh, missing this week, but he'll be back next week. Uh, I'm going to uh, introduce my co-host here, Nancy Stewart. Uh, she's uh, the founder of the show with me 20 years ago. Started out half an hour, an hour, two hours. And uh, she's also a strong female advocate. She's built our female listing audience up to 50-50. We started out 100% guys. You know, cars, guys, motors, engines is a guy thing. Well, no more. In fact, it never really was because uh, the ladies of, of the world really buy about half the cars. 
They don't talk about it, but they buy them. And so the manufacturers and dealers are trying to figure that out, how to market to the women. And uh, Nancy Stewart found out how to inform women and get them to call the show. So I'll turn the mic over to Nancy, and she'll tell you about a very special offer we have for you first-time lady listeners. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. You are such an important part of the show. Uh, For the ladies this morning, if you'd like to give us a call and share your servicing experience, uh, possibly uh, your purchase, uh, anything at all, we'd love to hear from you. And as usual, uh, we will extend $50 to the first two new lady callers. I do have to add to what Earl said about the advertisement for Mike Maroney Chevrolet. It certainly was inviting, and I'm sure it generated a lot of traffic into that dealership. And we'll get into that mystery shopping report. It is uh, very interesting. So stay tuned for that. And uh, also, I really have to uh, mention again uh, and remind everyone how we have grown here at the Oldies Channel. And I mean, really have grown. I'm looking at the coverage map by counties, and uh, it is uh, just uh, unbelievable how far we've com- how far we've come. Palm Beach County, Broward, Martin, St. Louis, St. Lucie. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, Glades, Hendry, Indian River, Okeechobee. Uh, it's interesting. So uh, you have stayed with us a long time right here at the Oldies Channel. So give us a call. Let us know how you feel about the long wait if you ordered a vehicle and uh, anything else you'd like to discuss. The number is 877-960-9960. And of course, the text number is 772-497-6530. And uh, an interesting website that you would want to go to uh, to help along the way with everything uh, that has to do with car buyers is FloridaLawProtectingCarBuyers.com. Take advantage of that. It's a great read uh, that Earl uh, put together. At uh, You can go to Earl on Cars and take a look at that. And he really broke it down in the kind of terminology uh, that all of us and you could understand. Also, take advantage of your anonymous feedback, youranonymousfeedback.com. Again, that number is 877-960-9960. And again, you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Now, we've been talking a lot about selling cars and buying cars. Uh, a, a big part of your of your budget on transportation is spent on maintaining and repairing your car. And um, there's not a lot of talk about that. It's uh, uh, The good news is that newer cars are uh, require much less maintenance and, and much less repair. I mean, I, I give the industry a lot of credit. The quality of the vehicle, I've been retailing cars since 1968, and the, I sold Pontiacs back in 1968. And uh, by today's standards, I mean, they were junk. I mean, uh, the cars that were built back in that in that era are just absolutely uh, 
you know, you you wouldn't own one today. You'd rather buy an old used car than a new car. And they've come a long way in quality. So I pat the industry on the back. Uh, they really have helped uh, lower your cost because transportation costs is, is you know, and then you got insurance and fuel and the rest of it. Rick Kearney is our is is here in the studio and and uh, your questions about maintaining and repairing your car. Uh, can be directed directly to Rick. If you're a, a YouTube person, he will monitor. In fact, he's monitoring Facebook now with Stu out. So if you have any questions uh, about a car, particularly an older car, and you have a, maybe, you've, maybe you've taken it to a repair shop and they say, well, uh, we, can, we can fix that for you. I mean, it's going to cost you a few dollars. Uh, be careful when they say that. Uh, it, can, it can cost you a lot of money. So before you take it in, and say, here, please fix my car, and hand them a blank check, you might want to call the show, 877-960-9960 on the telephone, or you can do on YouTube, go directly to Rick, youtube.com forward slash Earl and Cars. But Rick can tell you, uh, and I don't know what his batting average is, but it's got to be 800 or 900% as far as helping people that call in. I mean, uh the best thing you want to hear is don't worry about it. That's not a problem. You don't have to have that remedy. The car will be safe and run just fine just the way it is. We get that question from a lot of people with older cars. If you're driving an older vehicle, I mean, the car might not have a market value of uh, more than five or $6,000, and uh, you don't want to spend $5,000 on a $5,000 car, uh, so you might want to live with a little squeaker rattle or a maybe a warning light that isn't that important. Things like this worry you. I mean, if you're going to take a vacation, you don't want to take a car on the road that's doing something you don't understand. So if your car's doing something you don't understand or don't like, or if you smell something or, or <laughs> feel a rattle or a vibration, give Rick a call, and uh, Rick Kearney will answer it for you nine times out of ten. And if we can't answer it here, we'll Google it, and we'll get an answer one way or the other. So... Uh, uh, Rick will be uh, uh, here for the, the full two hours, and anytime you have a question, uh, just give us a call. Uh, one thing I Rick. want to talk about briefly, how, uh, we got a phone call? Okay, let's do the phone calls. Priority to our phone callers, by the way. We're going to go to the phones where Charles is waiting from North Palm Beach. Good morning, Charles. Uh, good morning, Nancy. I've got a, a couple of thoughts, and first of all, Rick was talking about storing a car for six months last show. I, I got cut off. I apologize for that. I don't know what happened. But um, he didn't mention fuel stabilizer. What are your thoughts about fuel stabilizer, Rick? And at what point do you uh, suggest adding it, uh, or is it just junk? Um, up north, when you've got small engines that you got to store, it's a necessity. I My real preference on any time that you've got to leave a car for any length of time is to find someone that can come and run the car every so often and exercise it a little bit because it just there, there are so many factors that come into play on that that can be damaged just by sitting still for too long but if the car does have to sit for up to six months or so a fuel stabilizer is not such a bad idea basically it's a chemical that uh acts as like an alcohol additive on one part to help absorb moisture and prevent water from puddling in the bottom of your tank, which can cause problems from condensation. Uh, 
It also helps to prevent other issues with the fuel breaking down and chemically changing over that length of time. But again, the, the really best, best option is to have someone come in and drive that car, take it out and drive it a few miles, top up the tank once a month, and just make sure the car gets some exercise. Great. Um, my next thought is, uh, Earl, Earl, if you were listening to the State of the Union on Tuesday, the president was talking about junk fees, and he was talking about resort fees and hotels that really aren't resorts and airline fees, et cetera, et cetera, but he didn't mention car dealers, and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I wonder if he's been hit up by uh, all these car dealers who are supporting his campaign or something. But, uh, well, maybe one day we'll see uh, junk fees outlawed. Yeah, it, it is amazing when you think about it. I mean, the, uh, the media openly goes after uh, rental car companies. They'll go after uh They'll go after hotels, so they love to talk about the, the resort fee and the, the Wi-Fi fees and all the other things in the fine print. Uh, they, they go after the airlines. But you're right. Uh, you know, the president or the media, for some reason, uh, give the uh, auto, automobile dealers a pass. And your theory um, is kind of like my theory. I think that they are so well organized. I mean, there's no other retailer in the world that's better organized than car dealers. Uh, they have a national association, they have state associations, and they have local municipal. There's a Jack in Florida, for example, there's a Jacksonville Dealers Association. Uh, in Tampa, there's a Tampa, there's a South Florida Dealers Association. There's a Florida Dealers Association, and of course, the national. And you might as well call these things political action committees because the dealer associations, they charge the dealers heavy dues. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a car dealer. I pay a lot of money to the Florida Automobile Dealers Association. The South Florida Dealers Association, I'm a member of too. I don't pay that much money because they make a huge amount of money off their annual auto show. Uh, but the, they take in hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't mean Florida, but cumulatively the associations and it goes uh, where they get this the biggest bang for the buck and the biggest bang for the buck is not to warn the consumer that there are thousands of dollars in hidden fees every time you buy a car so I, I subscribe to your theory Charles I think it's probably uh, follow the money trail like so many other problems we have and then my, my final question actually is, is for Earl and, and your group but also the audience, because it seems to me that there are an awful lot of well-connected or intelligent people listening to the show. And uh, I think about Donovan and some of the others who come yeah. up with stuff that uh, teaches you guys stuff. I live in a high-rise here in North Palm, and we're wrestling with what to do about the oncoming onslaught of electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. And uh, in a high-rise building, the question is, you know, what do you do? Do you do you set up charging stations on kind of like a dandelion mushroom basis? They just sort of pop up and individuals have them? Or is there a template or a suggestion by the uh, automobile manufacturers? I'm thinking back on when cars started coming out and how did uh, Ford dealers or how did Henry Ford uh, coerce, suggest, um, encourage cars to have a lot of gas stations nearby mm -hmm. is the automobile association or the the uh, companies are they doing anything to suggest if you live in a high-rise this is a suggested plan 
on setting up charging stations. Is there any any guidance coming from the industry, or do they just plan to dump all of these EVs on the market, mm -hmm. and it's every man, woman, and child for him or herself? Charles, I, to my knowledge, there is no effort, and, and you're absolutely right. That's probably the single biggest problem I mentioned at the beginning of the show that we spoke at the Valencia Falls in Delray, and uh, they live in a planned community, and the, the comment was made, you know, if you have a garage, it's no problem. You can put you can put your charger in your garage. That's what Nancy and I do with our Tesla, and I plug it in every night. You know, you know uh, uh, even if I don't need a charge because it can communicate with the car better, download software if you if you have it plugged in. Uh, I uh, I think that's going to be a huge. Uh, there's so many people living in condominiums, and that's going to be a problem. Short of uh, building a condominium with the infrastructure so that you have the chargers in the, in the uh, uh, garages, but a lot of them don't have garages per se, and they usually, if they do, they don't have enough space in the garage for everyone. So if you have two or three cars, yeah, that's a big challenge. Uh, it, it will come about. Uh, as time goes by, though, it won't be as big a, a challenge because the frequency of charging won't be much. I, I see uh, within five years, the average EV uh, getting a thousand miles instead of three or four hundred miles. Uh, the battery technology is going at warp speed, and there's going to be some breakthroughs in batteries that we just don't see today, and uh, that that might solve the whole problem. There, just you know, if you got a thousand miles on your battery, who cares about the charger? You'll you'll you know you'll find one at Publix or you'll find one just about everywhere. You don't have to have one in the garage. Sounds good. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Thank you for sure, much. Charles. I'll tell you what, that was a great question. And uh, sometimes uh, now I even wonder, uh, sitting in uh, these meetings that, uh, you know, the condos often have, exactly how many of the guests really, you know, think about EVs and uh, what's going to happen as far as the charging stations are concerned and what their suggestions are to solve this dilemma. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's here, it's now, and electric vehicles, you know, whether you like it or not. But you do have to be accommodated, you know, where you live. Charles, thanks so much for your input, and uh, we certainly thank you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. <coughs> Our number is 877-960-9960, and uh, you can also text us at 772 Four nine seven six five three zero. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Another thing of interest uh, that might stir some questions is I'm seeing as a dealer um, this advantage of having a dealership. I I mention that uh, often because I don't want people to think this is an infomercial. You, I, we have a Toyota dealership in North Palm Beach, Florida, and uh, this is not uh, to help us sell Toyota. As a matter of fact, we don't need any help selling Toyota's now with a low supply, high demand. But uh, it gives me the experience, the hands-on, to see what's going on uh, both within the industry and outside the industry. And so uh, one thing I see that's going on now is that there's a growing animosity uh, between dealers and manufacturers. And the electric vehicle revolution is, is stirring a lot of that. Um, something that is... Uh, uh, very fearful of a car dealer is we are we're locked in with a franchise which is a lifetime agreement to retail cars 
It's, there are no termination in Florida. If you are a car dealer in Florida, and this is true in many of the other states, uh, there's no such thing as a five-year agreement or a 10-year contract or a 20-year contract. They're in perpetuity. You have, a, you have a contract for as long as you want to be a car dealer, and the grounds to terminate that contract are practically zero for the manufacturer. So the manufacturers don't like that. They don't talk about it. They, they tell the dealers, say, we're their customers. I'm a, I'm a Toyota dealer, and my customer, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Toyota's customer. I buy, I buy all the cars from Toyota, and then I sell them to somebody else. That's you. So uh, the manufacturers are not going to badmouth me too much. At least they haven't. But now you're starting to see this uh, controversy between dealers. Honda is a great example. Honda, and there's a lot of Hondas on the road, as you know. Honda has formed a new company uh, with Sony. It's called Sony Honda Mobility. Now, you probably haven't heard of that. But Sony Honda Mobility is a company separate from Honda that they formed to sell electric vehicles. And they made the statement that they haven't decided how they're going to channel those to the public. They don't know if they're going to let a Honda dealer sell an electric vehicle. Interesting. So it's got it's got the uh, Honda dealers all stirred up, and the uh, chairman of the National Honda Association is very upset about that. Could you repeat that again? That's Sony Honda Mobility. Yes, yes Sony Dash Honda Mobility, okay. and I hadn't heard of it until recently. And uh, they are it's 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 a if I'm a dealer, if I'm a Honda dealer, I'd say that's pretty Mickey Mouse because you're getting all your design from Honda engineers. Uh, you're getting your manufacturing from Honda, and you formed a separate company just so you can say this company isn't bound by the rules that Honda's bound by. Well, you know, it's uh, that, that's going on now. And the other manufacturers, okay, we have a phone call, I believe. We do. Um, you know, the continued battle between manufacturers and dealers, Why? Okay, folks, we're going back to the phone and uh, phones, and we are going to talk to our first-time female caller, and she's calling us from Sunrise, and her name is Madeline, and uh, Marty will get with you in just a moment. Good morning, Madeline. Good morning, Nancy. Um, Welcome. You've won yourself $50 this morning, Madeline. Very interesting. I... um, I have a Grand Marquis, it's a 2008, 2008, and it has 62,000 miles on it. And I was just wondering, I have a little problem with it. Um, The doors are totally closed, the car doors, but sometimes the light is on, saying the door isn't closed properly. Well, I can answer that, I believe. Yep. Uh, What they have is on each door, on the body of the car, there's a little thing called a pin switch. And these pin uh-huh. switches, when you close the door, it's supposed to push that switch in and open the circuit so that the light will turn off. If that light is coming on, it means most likely one of those pin switches has started to short a little bit. And instead of working properly, it's telling the compu- the system hey, this door is still open, but it's usually just a bad switch. Um, a good so automotive shop should be able to find that. A new switch. 
Yeah, they, they a good shop will find that. Take them probably about half an hour maybe to diagnose it, and they're not very hard to replace. Uh, you'd probably be looking at less than $150 to get that repaired. Oh, okay. Well, I'll definitely do that. And with my marquee, I must say something about it. I love my car. Anytime I'm parked somewhere, let's say I'm in Publix, well, not anytime, but I would say at least twice a month, someone will come up to me and tell me what a great car I have. <laughs> and some people ask me if I want to sell it, which I'm happy to have it. I don't want to sell it. <laughs> Well, you're right. It's, uh, you know, Nancy and I feel the same way. We, you know, when, when we were traveling more, we would always uh, try to uh, rent a car, you know, where we traveled to, well, because the trunk space in a Grand Marquis, for example, or a Lincoln Town car, you know, a huge amount of trunk space. In today's cars, you know, if you if you got three or four bags, forget about it. Uh, you just no place to put them. So I know exactly what you mean. And some people hold on to those cars and take care of them like you do. And I think you're doing the right thing because there's nothing out there on the market that will be where you can put a week's worth of uh, Publix bags in the back of the. You just they don't make them like that anymore. It's a and great you know vehicle. What? I don't really do that much driving. And truthfully, even if I did, I'd rather be safe with a big car. I feel very confident in the car because it has a long front. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I don't bump into anything because the front is so long, and there's a lot of space between the curb and the front of the car mm -hmm. when I park. Yep. Absolutely. Madeline, thank yeah. you for the phone call. You won yourself sure. $50 this morning. If you speak with Jeremy in our control room, uh, he will take care of you, and uh, he will take your contact information. But just stay on the line, wait for him to pick up, and you'll be able to give him your contact and, uh, information. Well, thank you very much, and I'm going to continue listening. Thank, thank you. you so much. Give us a call and let us thank know you. how that turned out. <clears throat> I will. Okay, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to stay on the phones where Marty has been uh, holding from West Palm Beach. He's a regular caller. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. How are you doing today? We're well, thank you. Thanks for the call. I wanted to first give you a little mystery shopping report. Uh, I took my wife's car over to... Ed Moore's Honda for service, mm -hmm. and they had four CRV uh, hybrids on the lot. Each one stickered for thirty-four thousand. They added three thousand nine ninety-five mm -hmm. as their adjustment price. Mm -hmm. Plus, I didn't even go into the detail. They also have a dealer fee there. Uh, of course, so apparently yeah. Ed Morris didn't get the message that the prices <laughs> should start coming down. Well, he's got your back, doesn't he? I see that yes. TV camera. He's got your back. He's in your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah that, that individual, by the way, I don't know if you knew that, that's Teddy Morris, which is the grandson of Ed Morris. Ed Morris. Uh, he started the the firm years ago. In fact, he used he he. he I think he started National Rent a Car, and then he. Uh, got in the retail business and then he had a son ted who passed away ed's passed away and the grandson has got your back he wears a leather jacket and rides a motorcycle right. 
Right. And the other thing I was going to say, when your other caller mentioned the State of the Union, I forgot what Biden said about it. only 10 years, 10 years to go on gasoline or whatever kind of fuel. Hmm. I would say he was off by probably 30 years. Uh, he was <laughs> off. I don't know how many years, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be a while. Definitely the off. The reason why I say that, Earl, you've got a whole lot of used cars, and I'd say all your used cars are gasoline, probably. Most of them, and, sure. And take a thousand dealers in the United States that got the same situation, mm-hmm. and, that, and out of your 2,000 orders, nine, 99% of those 2,000 orders are gasoline cars. Exactly. So... My opinion, of course, not as good as yours, my opinion is gasoline is going to be around for a long time, and I think people should buy hybrids before they buy just electric. Well, there's a good argument for that. In fact, uh, Toyota is uh, pushing that. As you know, the uh, CEO of Toyota suddenly retired, surprised a lot of people, and the new CEO now has uh, taken over. But Toyota's taken the path of uh, uh, hydrogen fuel cell and hybrids being the short-term answer. So uh, as far as the comment the City Union address, in 10 years, there might be a whole lot of hybrids out there, but there's not going to be uh, no combustion. There's not going to be all EVs for sure, but uh, it's going to take a long time to make that transition. Yeah. Now, are your, now with used cars, prices are all coming down. But new car prices, as far as I see, aren't. So I don't know when it's going to take place. Well, they're coming down, too. The new car prices are coming down. We're we're tracking it. Uh, you know, if you'll think back uh, a year ago when dealers were selling cars for ten and $20,000 over MSRP. I mean, I, I, can, I can't even say it without gulping. 20000 over MSRP? We actually talked to people that paid prices like that when the shortage was so... Uh, intense, but uh, it's coming down now close to MSRP. The mystery shop that you'll hear at the end of the show uh, had a uh, dealer that advertised two vehicles, big uh, big ads saying it was one of them, as I've got the advertisement in front of me now, uh, uh, Equinox, a Chevrolet Equinox that's $5,000 off MSRP, and a Chevrolet Silverado that was advertised at $6,000 off now. Uh, you'll have to wait for the mystery shopping report to find out what really happened, but I think you probably got a good idea right now, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and when they say MSRP, they don't say MSRP based on the window sticker. No, they, it, they throw that number around pretty loosely. You're right. Yeah, that's a loose term for car dealers because when they put those addendum stickers on, they consider that MSRP, too. And I did a column on that, a, uh, a blog called uh, Beware the Phony Monroney. And that's uh, a, a window sticker that they counterfeit to make it look like the official federal mandated Monroney label. I mean, they use a, the printers, print these out with the same colors, the same font, the same style. And they add it alongside of the official label. And unless you read the fine print, which you need a magnifying glass to do, you think it's part of the Monroney label, but it's not. Yeah. There's dealer list price, and then there's the Monroney official MSRP. MSRP is definitely not anything to do with what the dealer calls list. Right, right. 
All right. Have a good day. I just wanted to give you Ed Morris, who's he's not behind you at lowering their prices yet. <laughs> Thanks, Marty. I appreciate I'll it. I'll tell you, you give us a lot of great information, Marty. We enjoy your calls. Continue to watch Erlang Cars. Thank oh, you. Yeah, I will. Have a great okay. weekend. Enjoy you that too. Super Bowl. Uh, yep. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry the bills aren't in it, but what can you do? There you go. Okay, folks, uh, we are going to uh, stay with the phones, but first let me remind you of uh, Earl's latest column, and uh, you can uh, pull up all of his columns at uh, Earl on Cars, and his latest is Don't Play Used Car Roulette. And uh, I'll tell you what, it can be easily done. Do your homework. We're in some crazy crazy times. I can't emphasize it enough. 877-960-9960. And you can also text us at 772-497-6530. We'd love to hear from you from youranonymousfeedback.com. We're going to go to John, who's calling us. uh, He's a regular caller. Always a great call from Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. I have a question for Rick. I'm hoping I haven't been doing anything wrong. Tuesday, I'm bringing in Toyota Corolla, which I've been buying since 1976. To me, it's a number one car. And Earl mentioned that they were number one selling cars since 1974, I believe, except now that Tesla has beat them. Uh, For Rick, the question is, I'm needing a water pump, which is on order, and they're going to fix it on Tuesday. Have I been doing anything wrong by not changing the antifreeze? Well, you know, I know antifreeze has a water pump lubricant in it. Did I make a mistake by not flushing the radiator? Hmm. I'm 102,000 miles. <coughs> nope. Uh, depending on the year of the car. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, Toyota recommends replacing the coolant at about 100,000 miles, and then every 50,000 after that. So, unfortunately, it just, uh, you kind of got the luck of the draw that your water pump started having an issue right about at the time when the coolant should be replaced anyways. So, uh, no, you didn't do anything wrong that would have caused that. It just, at 100,000, your pump just decided it was time to give up the ghost and time for a new one. Okay, the reason I mention that, I'm not complaining, but I've never had anything on a Toyota Corolla replaced through all the years I've been buying it. And I just, the mechanic even told me not to feel bad because he said he's had other problems with water pumps when they reach above 100000 on your year Corolla. So I just thought I'd ask you, and um, I see now the antifreeze, if people have one, it's good to flush it out after the 100,000 miles. One thing I was going to just say, because this is a con, I have the issue myself. Uh, I wonder about when something fails on my Tesla, we had to have the windshield washer motor replaced. Technician said uh, this is the first one he'd seen. You know, when something happens to you, uh, you don't think about it as being only one in a million because you're the one. So, so water pumps, uh, as Rick say, they, they usually don't fail, but think about everything you have in your car was manufactured, you know, and it was manufactured by human beings, designed by human beings, and uh, human beings aren't perfect. So, 
even if you take the number one quality car in the world, whatever that may be, and you buy that car, you might have a car that's got a lot of problems because statistically, you know, one in a million, if you only had one in a million um, water pumps fail, you're building a damn good water pump. But if you're the guy that got the one in a million, as far as you're concerned, you'll never buy that car again because it's junk, because my water pump failed. But it, it's statistically, somebody's going to have something fail, even transmissions, things that last forever. Uh, not literally, of course, but things that you think are so much better today. Uh, everything will fail, uh, but it's a statistic thing. Not Hopefully it doesn't happen to you. Okay, second part of my question. My battery test good, but it's four years and two months. Do you think I'm automatically just get rid of the battery? Because in South Florida, batteries only last like three, three and a half years. Would it be a good suggestion just to throw in a new battery automatically? No, waste of money. Okay. I, at this okay. point, I you know obviously you're you're going to be coming in for service every six months. Yeah, we test the batteries automatically. I mean every every car that comes in our bay, uh, a lot of us have our own testers. Uh, Toyota's given us several, and we test every single battery. And when it shows signs that it's getting weak and it's time to replace it, do it then. But if that battery is passing a load test, leave it be. I'll agree because I have AAA and I have the service, so mm -hmm. they'll catch me wherever I would break down. So I uh, no reason to worry that way. Yeah. So thank you for the information about the pump. No problem. And you'll you'll notice the little warning signs with the battery, like when you get in first thing in the morning, it's been sitting overnight, you turn the key and it just seems like it's a little bit slow to crank that first time in the morning. At that yeah. point, get into a shop soon and get it tested because those, those little warning signs are saying, hey, now's the time to look at this before you get stuck alongside the road. Well, thank you for your information. That's what we're to, here for. You're welcome, John. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Um, another column that would interest our listeners, uh, everybody, all the time, is that uh, this secret uh, that is kept among the manufacturers and the dealers. And uh, the name of the column is Don't Let Dealers Steal Your Discount on a New Car. These incentives are paid directly to the dealers, and they're kept a secret. The customers don't know it. And unless they take and interrogate uh, the dealership that's the only way you're going to find out and it will save you thousands and thousands of dollars so grab uh, that uh, column take a look at it it's in the hometown news it is also in the florida weekly and you can go to earl on cars and you can read all about don't let dealers steal your discount on a new car 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 uh, Mimi is back and she's calling us this morning and uh, we love hearing from her good morning Mimi good morning thank you so much um, I wanted to give you a little continuation of my knock sensor I the car has been running well as you said yes it would and it does well, I was getting ready to make preparation to have it switched out, and then the engine light 
goes off. So I've been driving for the last week with no engine light. Um, any ideas what happened? Yep. Uh, that knock sensor might have been yeah. experiencing just a little glitch, and the glitch cleared itself, and you're good again. I would, Isn't that if the light is staying off, I wouldn't worry about it. I've seen this happen uh, sometimes with knock sensors, also with what are known as the air fuel ratio sensors and the oxygen sensors. Um, sometimes they'll get a little glitch, the light will come on, and you pull the code, okay, that we know what it is, and you wait a little while to see what happens, don't, don't and it you, goes away. Don't you have to reset the light? Not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, what will happen is the computer watches over those sensors, yeah. and if that problem goes away, most times it takes two or three times for the computer to say, okay, yeah, I see it several times, so I'm going to turn on the light, and then if the problem goes away and it doesn't see it, for something like 40 times that you've started the car, it'll turn the light off. And then if it does it for about another 50 times and it doesn't see it occur, it'll erase the code away itself. But if you bring the car in, the dealer fixes it, and you drive home and the light's still on, that means the dealer forgot to reset the Oh, yes. Then, yeah, yeah the dealer forgot to reset problem. it. That's a common problem. We've done it at our dealership, so I know it's fairly common. But, yeah, uh, it should go off eventually, but if it doesn't, it might be the fact that they forgot to flip the reset switch. Exactly. So the reset switch is just a matter, really, of flipping something? Well, no, we, uh, we, we, we make it sound a little simple. We plug in a computer, a, a, a laptop computer, basically, and then we communicate with the car's computer, and we tell it, okay, we're going to clear this code out. But we can also see a lot of information, what's known as freeze-frame data, where all the sensors, all the readings that the computer sees, I can see those on my computer right in front of me. So I know what that computer is seeing and how it's acting and, you know, what it's doing to run your car. That's wonderful. Wow, to have another brain in your car. Well, thank mm -hmm. you so much, and have a marvelous day. Thanks, Mimi. I like the okay. way you put that. <laughs> a brain in your car, that's for sure. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to talk with Ron, who's calling us from Lake Worth. Good morning, Ron. How's everybody doing over there? We're good. good. Nice to hear from you. Yes. Uh, I bought tires at Walmart. I got a good price. Good years, 65,000 miles. Now, okay. I know I'm not going to get 65,000 miles on these tires. How does this pro rating work? Uh, is it built in automatically? Do you have to buy a package or what? I'm just not sure. You know, if I take it back and I get 30,000 miles on these Walmart Goodyears, and then, uh, you know, I say, hey, I only got 30,000, it says I'm going to get 65. How does that work? You'll need to read the fine print in the receipt that they gave you. I, I know. Yeah, get out the magnifying glass, the electron scanning microscope. But unfortunately, that's that's where they hide a lot of that stuff. Uh, basically, what will happen is, say, if you only got 30,000 miles and they look at the tires, they say, okay, it's all clean wear. You know, it's not an alignment issue or, you know, you ran into a curb or something like that that caused damage to the tire but it's normal wear and tear, 
uh, and you only got 30 when you should have gotten closer to 65, they will prorate it by giving you, say, 40 or 50% of your money back, usually in a credit towards buying new tires. Plus, Walmart's also the tire manufacturer in their warranty. You're right. Yeah. And uh, they're, what they're looking for, Ron, is that you didn't inflate your tires properly, and they can tell by looking <laughs> at the, the wear pattern or alignment. I mean, you know, if you don't if you don't take care of your tires, you're you're not going to get more than thirty thousand miles. But if you take care of your tires, uh, then you should get uh, the full amount and the guarantee. Yep. Oh, very good. All righty. <coughs> Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you, Rob. You're welcome, Rob. It's great to hear from you. 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymous feedback. Uh, Rick, do we have any uh, texts? Uh, YouTube, any? We have a text from Anne-Marie. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Welcome. And this one, kind of an interesting one here. Uh, she says, Good morning. Many years ago, I was a Girl Scout, my brother was a Boy Scout, Hmm. and we did a fair amount of tent camping in our scouting days. Yesterday, I saw a story in jalopnik.com, which great website, that one, I love the stuff they have, about car camping. Not just any car, but this particular one was a $170,000 Porsche Taycan Turbo Cross Turismo. (laughs) That's a mouthful. complete with an installed $7,000 Porsche rooftop tent. (laughs) Now, this seems to be a a new craze. All of a sudden, every manufacturer or or these different companies are making tents that you put on top of the vehicle. Yeah, for that amount of money, I'd buy a Winnebago and just have the whole thing. (laughs) You would think, yeah. Uh, I sent the story to my brother in western Kentucky, asking if he'd seen anything like this since camping is very popular in his area. Well, sure, the Great Smoky Mountains area and Appalachian Mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, much to my surprise, he said he did. A couple days ago, he took his Toyota Highlander to his dealer for an oil change. While he was there, he spotted a RAV4 all set up with a rooftop tent, a <laughs> lot less than the Porsche version. My question to you are... <clears throat> Does Toyota carry accessories like rooftop tents? Has your dealership had any requests for rooftop tents? And which vehicles would those tents fit just for the RAV4 or some of the larger models? And then she included the link to the Jalopnik thing. Um, Before we get into it, I have a question. Is there a weight limit on every different vehicle? Right now, there's going to be the real question. Um, Most roof racks that i have seen on cars have a weight limit of like 70 to 80 pounds on the roof rack but if you've got just a flat roof with no roof rack i'm sure that the way these tents are going to be designed they're designed to spread the weight and and keep the the pressure so that it should be safe enough for say two average adults to be able to sleep on these and i've seen quite a few of these um basically it literally is a large tent yeah. Mounted to the top of the car with a ladder that you climb. Why do they say they're camping? 
when they're when they're sleeping in a Porsche, and and they and also the other thing is that they have electric generators now that you can use. So you get yourself a Porsche with a giant tent, an electric generator, and you can have the you can have a butler and a maid in there, and uh, and then you go camping. Well, that's that's actually a term called glamping, ah. which is glamour camping. Glamping. It's it's a true term, glamping. Is it? It, that is well, a real I, term. I, I was a Boy Scout like Anne Marie was a Girl Scout. And, when, and I, I felt when I went camping as a Boy Scout, if I didn't burn my hands and, uh, and get exhausted to get all my clothes dirty and have ant bites all over my body, I really didn't have a good camping trip. Yikes. I was a Girl Scout. I didn't have ant bites all over my body. <laughs> I, since I was a little boy in South Dakota, my parents, we were out camping in the Black Hills all the time. I, I bet. And even here in Florida, camping in the, the Everglades, yeah. all over. So, yeah, I, outdoor, I'm, I'm a big one on that. But the interesting part is these tents are actually available for many, many different models of vehicles. Uh, and I haven't seen any made Buy Toyota specifically Go to for You'll find all the tents <laughs> yeah. you want. Man. But you can get these, and they do make it rather interesting because instead of sleeping down at ground level, oh. you're actually raised up six oh, sure. feet off the ground. Yeah. So turn your, turn that's your an advantage. On and... Well, actually, from some of the times that I've been out in the woods, uh, and you wake up with an alligator walking past your tent. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind being six feet off the ground. Well, I, I, I use a jungle hammock. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, they, they, uh, to Anne Marie, they are oh. available, uh, not specifically through Toyota, but through outside manufacturers. And I would bet just about any SUV, there's going to be a model available for it. But like Nancy mentioned, watch out for just how much weight you're putting up on the roof of the vehicle. Yep. You don't want to, like, dent anything in or anything. How long has this been around? I haven't heard years, of it. Years now. Yeah, really? Interesting. If, if you Google car top tents, there's a lot of them. Car top tents. Yep. Anne-Marie, thanks so much for the uh, input uh, into our show with the question. Um, you are definitely a great texter. Have a wonderful weekend. We are going to go back to the phones where Howard is waiting, who also is a regular caller. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. Uh, beautiful morning, and I hope you are all well. And I have a couple of questions for Rick. <clears throat> Rick, what's the difference between a uh, steady check engine light and a flashing check engine light? Hmm. Okay. When the check engine light just comes on solid, it means the computer has sensed a problem with some sensor or something in the car that it needs to bring to your attention. A flashing check engine light, pretty much across the board, is a danger signal. Mm. Usually what that means is that you have a misfire in the engine, one or more cylinders are not firing properly, and that flashing check engine light means that that misfire is severe enough that it could cause damage to the catalytic converter. A flashing flashing check engine light could also be a defective check engine light. Possible, but very <laughs> unlikely. Myself, if, if that light is blinking and your engine's running rough, I would get very quickly to an automotive shop because, or even tow it because you it could actually cause damage to the car and possibly See, I, I, raise I, that expense a lot I didn't realize that. So, so I usually made fun of the check engine lights. 
I didn't even realize they had a flashing check engine light. Uh, so give me an example of what would be uh, an emergency that would cause it to flash. Usually, like, say, if, if an ignition coil stopped working mm -hmm. and it can no longer fire a spark to burn the fuel that's being sent into that cylinder, mm -hmm. the check engine light will flash to say, hey, this is a severe misfire because some fuel from the other cylinders oh, yeah, yeah. can obviously travel well, in there. I'm amazed. I, I give the manufacturers more credit than I thought. I, I didn't realize I had to, uh, so I learned something new on the show every day. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Rick. And that extra fuel going in the catalytic converter can cause it to really start heating up. And if it gets hot enough, it can actually melt down the inside of the cat. Oh. And that's several thousand dollars to replace. Oh, well, great question. Great answer. Wow. What you got next, Howard? Okay, catalytic converters. Up north, they were stealing catalytic converters. So I said, when, we, when I get back to Florida, I'm sure they're not going to be stealing catalytic converters. And I found out that they are mm -hmm. in southern Florida. <laughs> Now, my question to you is, uh, if, you, uh, if, if someone steals your catalytic converter, uh, the option is for to go back to Toyota or whatever car you have, or get an aftermarket catalytic converter. Yep. What do you think of the differences between both of them? Uh, six of one, half dozen of another. Um, on an older car, I would go to an aftermarket shop and see if you can get an, a less expensive one there. Um, contact your insurance company because if your deductible is low enough, they're going to cover most of the cost of it because it is theft, which is usually covered under your in your automobile insurance. Um, be advised that this actually happened quite a few years ago. There was a real rash of thefts for catalytic converters because they found ways to get the precious metals out of the catalytic converter. Well, and they were making a profit on a big profit. Because there was such a big thing about that, they the government came down, the law enforcement came down and told junkyards and salvage yards that they were not allowed to purchase catalytic converters that obviously had been removed from the car unless they had provenance of where it came from. That way the thieves had nowhere to sell them. Well, that shut it down for quite a while. And all of a sudden in the last year and a half to two years, Suddenly, this has taken over again. Somebody figured out a way to, to sell them, and now they're making big money on these again. Guys like me that drive a pickup truck, somebody can roll up under there with a, a electric Sawzall, battery-operated, and cut a catalytic converter out of your car in about a minute's time. And suddenly, they're running away, and now you've got this rumbling, roaring beast that you cannot safely drive and you've got to have it repaired almost immediately. So it's it's a big money thing. Catalytic converters are something that really gets you stirred up. Because you really, you just keep on going. It, well, it annoys me because so many companies now are selling these shields yeah. to go on them. Yeah. And I've even seen a picture of one guy that modified the underside of his car by wrapping the exhaust with concertina wire, which yeah. is that razor edged See, now bar I got wire. You, now I got you going even wow. more. So on. That's taking well, it to another limit. Absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me, another level. <laughs> okay, I have I have two more questions. Uh, I've seen uh, Teslas uh, uh, on the back. It says dual motor. Can you explain what's 
what is what is a dual motor and a Tesla, and aren't all of them supposed to have it? Well, let me let me answer that one. Uh, that's an electric motor, which is what powers the car, and uh, they have. Uh, single motors, they have dual motors. My car, which is the Plaid, Nancy and I, we have uh, three motors, three electric motors. So, uh, you know, three electric motors will make a car go pretty fast. Mm. Okay, and my last question. <laughs> uh, if you have an older car, is it uh, good to get a rebuilt starter or a rebuilt uh, water pump? Yeah, usually on new cars, I don't think that, that's a viable question. But I'm talking about if you have an older car. They're fine. Uh, rebuilt basically just means remanufactured. They take the old parts that come back to them, and they use the good components from it and rebuild it into new. Uh, it's basically it's, it's recycling. And so it's it's good for the environment that way. And when you're buying and used or rebuilt, you want to uh, check the warranty. That's what it's all about. If you have a used, you probably won't get a warranty, uh, but you get a pretty good warranty. What, Rick, what would be the warranty on a rebuilt water pump? Typically? Usually one year uh, unlimited mileage. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for answering your questions. I appreciate your help. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Howard. Bye. Look forward to hearing from you again, 877-960-9960. Or, as I said earlier, you can text us, 772-497-6530. We're going to talk to David, who is calling us from North Palm Beach. Good morning, David. Good morning. Question for Rick, please. Okay. Go ahead. Rick, <laughs> if, if a car had contaminated fuel in it, Somehow it got the contaminated fuel. Would it void the new car factory warranty? It will not void the warranty, but the warranty will not cover anything damaged by that contaminated fuel. In this particular case, the car was towed into Napleton, of course, and Napleton said that the gas tank needed to be removed and cleaned and put back in the car. They gave me back the car, car not running good, but running at this point. And 10 miles later, the engine seized up. The car had 22,000 miles on it and still warranty left on the you know, three-year 36 engine. And now they're not standing behind the warranty. Is that legitimate? Something's wrong here because contaminated fuel should not cause an engine to seize. The only thing contaminated fuel will do is make the engine stall out and not run. If the engine seized up, something else was done. Uh, that sounds like something was put in the oil that caused the oil to not function properly. And if that's the case, then yeah, that wouldn't be warranty because that, again, is part of that uh, contamination or damage. But you're saying Napleton told you it was due to the contaminated gas. Uh, did, they, did they comment what caused the engine to seize? Or do they assume it was they, the, the gas? They said the, the the contaminated gas caused the seals to leak, which doesn't, I don't understand this, and that caused the engine to seize. And the oil was changed in the car five five miles before the engine seized. No, there's, there's, there's something else going on there. Um, I would be contacting the manufacturer and saying, hey, you need to get somebody in here and look at this and explain to me 
how an engine can seize because of a fuel issue. Or take it to another uh, take it to another dealer. They can get hold of the manufacturer better. But I would I'd go to a different uh, dealer and say, uh, 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 what you please fix this under warranty, and then see what happens because I think uh, well, Napleton misdiagnosed it. That's not an easy thing to do because it's up on a rack at Napleton right now oh. with the engine <laughs> apart, and yeah. they're t- they're telling me that they have a factory rep coming by to look at it. Okay, but well, it's not good. going to be guaranteed. Yeah, I, so I, I'm hoping for the best. But. Yeah, go uh, go to the 800 number and and go on record. Uh, have a uh, have a uh, confirming email uh, with right in writing with the uh, factory. You'll get a call back from from the uh, manufacturer. And then I, at least you have what they told you. If they tell you and they go with Napleton that it's not covered under warranty, they're going to have to have a reason other than the gasoline. And Rick is a little skeptical of this uh, issue with making the seals leak, too. So. Yeah, because it, it can mess up the fuel lines. It can mess up the injectors. But once that fuel is sprayed into the cylinder, if, if, if it's bad fuel, the engine's not going to run. But that fuel should never get to the seals on the engine or anything to do with the actual moving parts of the engine. Yeah, you need a second opinion. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I, I went to I went to the general manager. I didn't accomplish much. So you think my next move is to call the 800 Chrysler number? Yeah, well, you're, remember, you're dealing with Napleton, so not much you uh, deal I knew that. <laughs> 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 Thank you very much. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Okay. Good luck, David. 877-960-9960. Text us at 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. Remember, uh, we will be getting to our mystery shopping report later, uh, just around the corner, and uh, that is from Mike Maroney Chevrolet. I think we're going to go back to Rick and check out our text, YouTube, etc. Okay. Well, uh, we've got some uh, input here from Donovan. Ah. Uh, he says Earl laughs about the idea of the EV. Uh, the electric generators and that. Uh, but with EVs, you can run the air conditioning for a very long time on that giant battery, so you're camping in comfort. He says, plus for those of us in Florida, when a hurricane hits and you have no power, you can sleep in your car, in the AC, in your garage, with no concern for the exhaust like you would have with a traditional car. Very true there. Mm-hmm. And he also goes on to say, if you see a Tesla with the word dual motor and a solid red line under that word, don't bother racing it. You will lose. Well, but, but the, my plant has three motors. And I guarantee you got that <laughs> line under that red line under it. Yeah. Well, let me, well, I yeah. do believe I recall you saying something along the lines of the first time you hit the accelerator pedal hard in that car, that it almost snapped your neck. Yeah, well, it scared. It frankly scared me. <laughs> the car, the car is so fast, and, he, and and sooner or later there's going to be some scientific documentation on this. But your mind can only re- react so quickly, and if you floor a Tesla Plaid from zero to sixty in one point nine seconds, uh, imagine going from zero to sixty in one point nine seconds. Your brain is still back when you floored it, and you're already going sixty miles an hour quarter mile in 9.9 seconds uh, you 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 go a quarter mile 
in 9.9 seconds, your mind is still back about 300 feet from where you left, and you're a quarter mile down the road. Yep. So, so you're down the road, but your brain doesn't know you're down the road. And uh, I think that sort of an acceleration is pure insanity, but it's fun. I mean, a lot of fun. Fun to try it once in a while, but you're talking right now, literally almost the level of a professional race car driver is needed to handle that much power. Even a professional cannot uh, cannot grasp that acceleration. It's not the speed so much as acceleration. I mean, your your brain cannot, you know, if you go from zero to 60 in seven or eight seconds, which is pretty fast for a car, you have seven or eight seconds and you see the car going, it's faster, you know, you, 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 your reflexes are prepared, but when you don't know you're going 60, you think you just floored it. Right. Uh, you're, well, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking guys like uh, John Forrest, Scott Coletta, uh, champion drag racers <laughs> that are that are these guys they're they're in jet cars doing yeah, but, but three seconds but, but i mean it's but they're on a drag strip right and, and they're going in a straight line and they have guardrails all around well that's them. that's where you took your tesla to and, do that didn't they, you and they you didn't do it on the public road <laughs> did you and, and they have a parachute that automatically goes up uh we you are, didn't do that on a public no, road did no you? no now, you you went out to out to moroso that right uh, yeah. say that again hey uh this afternoon guess what we're doing Earl and I are going out to purchase race driver helmets, and we're going to carry those with us. Five-point harness. Yep. We're going to harness yep. up. Exactly. I had one when I was 16 years old. You, you might need one now. My father wanted to know why I got a crash helmet. <laughs> as old as we are, definitely. There, there was a channel on YouTube for quite a while called Tesla Racing, where this guy, would he had one of the original... Uh, P95s, now this is several years ago, and before the Plaid had even come out, so but it was still a very fast car. He actually raced against a guy on a superbike motorcycle. Oh, yeah. And, you know, these some of these superbikes, extremely fast acceleration. Oh. The Tesla won. Okay, let's get, on, right. let's get on some uh, Interesting. useful knowledge. We're, <laughs> uh, we're going to continue with uh, Rick and what he has uh, accumulated okay. over there. Uh, Donovan actually just came in also says, there's a Model S Plaid with minimal modifications that has done a confirmed 8.7 second quarter mile. Are they selling that now? I, I heard about well, the I heard about the super plaid or something like that, but I didn't realize they were available. I would say it is. Wow, Donovan's in the know on that. Yeah, look, uh, thanks, Donovan. I I can't thank you enough. We're going to be out looking for that vehicle. We need to go faster. <laughs> and this one came in from Guy Larrabee. He says, "I'm worried about Toyota's lateness to the EV revolution. Yeah. Have they missed the boat? Are dealers also concerned?" There are a lot of people uh, that are very concerned. Obviously, Toyota themselves are concerned, and that's the reason Akio Toyota, former CEO, uh, left suddenly about a week ago. Uh, I, you know, I tell you what, I have so much respect for Toyota, and I've been with Toyota since 1975. They are truly um, miles and miles ahead of the rest of the industry. And I, even I disagree with them on the electric vehicle strategy. But you know something? I, I could be wrong. I mean, they are uh, the chief engineer for Toyota, who happens to be an American, uh, chief engineer for Toyota, uh, has done uh, a study on 
he says basically, folks, if this, what does the world want? The, the, if, if, if the reason you want electric vehicles is because you want less carbon contamination, if you want, uh, if you if you're worried about global warming, if you're worried about pollution, all the other things that that are so that will be relieved by electric vehicles. Uh, Toyota says that's not the quickest way to get there. They say the quickest way to get there is, uh, first of all, hybrids. You, know, you can't build electric vehicles fast enough to sell everybody on the planet to stop the emissions, but you can build hybrids. So mm -hmm. you'll take a huge percentage cut in the emissions with a hybrid. And also the hydrogen fuel cell, we can do that now, yes. We don't have the infrastructure, but it's a lot easier to build the infrastructure for hydrogen fuel cells than to get electric vehicles to all the drivers on the planet. So uh, I, I kind of believe that Toyota is right, that if we're looking 20 years ahead, if we took Toyota's tact rather than all the way out for electric vehicles, I think we would have a better start toward um, you know, you know, a green planet and without the carbon issue that we have now. But that's not the reason people like electric vehicles. They like electric vehicles because they don't have to stop and get gas. They like electric vehicles because they're fast, they accelerate. Mm -hmm. They like electric vehicles because it's, there's the new guy on the block with an electric vehicle. So it's, you know, life is so but interesting. Maintenance. I, maintenance. I, what yeah. about maintenance? Yeah. Yeah. No oil Maybe. changes. Yeah. Yeah. No well, air filter. Endless. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Has has anyone heard of the Owl, the fastest car in the world? Chuck yeah. sent that message to us, and uh, that that vehicle, I believe, he said, was made in Japan, the fastest car in the world. I'm gonna have to investigate that one myself. Um, this one came in from Bob. <clears throat> he says, "Good morning." Why do a lot of car manufacturers put the fuel pump and sometimes the fuel filter inside the gas tank? Kelly Blue Book says that it will probably cost $1,100 to $1,300 to replace a fuel pump on the average car. In the old days, it used to be inside the engine compartment. Well, uh, what actually happened back then was in the old days, you had a mechanically operated fuel pump that was mounted directly on the engine. And those fuel pumps were good at what we call creating a vacuum to suck the fuel from the tank up to the engine, then pressurize it into the engine. However, now everything has gone electric. Fuel pumps are now electric. Electric oh. pumps do not work very well for creating a vacuum for creating that suction. They work much better for pressurizing and pushing the fuel. So you have to put the fuel pump at the source of the fuel and push the fuel through the line, then you can run it into the engine from there. And another thought I had with this issue of why do they do this and why don't they do that, I, I don't want to be cynical, but uh, I've been a car dealer long enough where i got to be cynical. Um, you've heard of planned obs obsolescence, and you wonder why Detroit didn't build better cars back in the 50s and 60s. Well, one of the reasons is because they could sell you a car every year or two. And remember how they used to change the styling radically? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you bought a car in 1957, uh, and by the, by 1961, it, it, it didn't look right because the newer cars were completely restyled. And they made a major restyling. And they also only had 12-month, 12 12,000-mile 12 warranties. 
and they didn't care because people like to buy cars when they get out of warranty. I get questions all the time. If Toyota makes such a good car, why do they only have a three-year warranty? Well, uh, if they gave you a 10-year warranty, uh, there'd be far less inclination for you to want to trade out of that car. So follow the money, follow the money. A lot of times the answer is the engineers had the meeting and they said this is the best way to do it. Then it went to the accounting department. The accounting department said, no, we ain't going to do it that way because we won't sell as many cars. It sounds very likely. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. We're going to go back to the phones. We're going to talk to Bill, who is calling us from Palm Springs. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Welcome. Um, oh, hi. I wanted to talk with Rick. Absolutely. Right He's ready right here to answer Rick. your question. Rick. Yep. Good morning. Uh, the fellow who called in with the seized engine, did I hear him correctly? Did he say that the oil was changed five miles before it seized? I heard that as well, which makes me wonder if something happened and the oil, the drain plug or filter failed. Uh, who knows? I'm wa- I'm wondering if it even got re- if it got refilled. That's another possibility. Yeah, if they forgot to put the oil back in, oh, that can certainly cause it. But yeah, there's you, know, you get distracted or something, yeah. you know. And, there's there's uh, something there's something else going on with that situation. Something rotten in the state of Denmark. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, that's all I had. Okay, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for bringing that to our attention. Okay, we're going to go back to Rick. Okay. uh, We have a little bit of a lull here in the phone lines. Well, I'm going to read this one right out because uh, we go with the good, we go with the bad. Absolutely. This is from Paul. He says, I have an old Lexus that was recently serviced at your dealership. The tires were replaced in 2019. The hand-cooked tire says maximum pressure, the pressure listed on the sidewall of the tire, as 50 pounds. Yet the sticker on the door says 30 pounds. When I checked my tire pressures a few days after the service, there were 45 pounds in each tire. I had been maintaining pressures at 32. What gives? We screwed up. I'm, I, we're human beings. Uh, whatever technician did the service on your car, he set the pressures too high. They should have been around 30 to 32 PSI. We normally set the pressures two pounds over what the door sticker recommends. And one thing that that this brings to mind we haven't talked about in a while, the manufacturers, uh, uh, they have their recommended tire pressure, and of course the, the tire manufacturer has a much higher. And uh, one of the reasons that the manufacturers have the lower tire pressure uh, is because when you go to buy the car, it rides smoother with a lower tire pressure. Uh, Your tires wear out faster, but you've got a new car, and uh, they have a a lower pressure. And maybe when you take your demonstration ride before you buy it, you say, boy, this is a smoother riding car Mm -hmm. than my other car. Well, maybe your other car had 10 more pounds per square, you know, uh, uh, tire pressure. So uh, the the tires that came with your car, uh, again, uh, are designed uh, to be smooth, Tires, softer rubber, and you can get uh, buy tires after you change it to uh, tires on your new car, and you can go to a higher 
uh, a harder greater level, and you can also use a higher inflation. But if you really want to maximize your your tire life, uh, then you want to be sure that you have higher pressure in the tire and you have a harder rubber uh, tread wear index. Yeah. Uh, also, something a lot of folks don't realize, tire companies make special tires for the manufacturers for that first set. Yeah, Goodyear will call them Goodyears, but they only sell them to General Motors. They don't sell them to you. Right. And they're extremely soft compound tires. They don't last near as long, but when you get in that brand new car and you're driving out of the dealership, it's riding like a cloud. Once you've put 20,000 miles on it and it's time for new tires, you get the new tires under them, maybe a little rougher, but you don't really notice it because you're already kind of comfortable in the car now. Okay. And you figure, ah, it's, it's a little rougher. But also then, let me explain on the, the tire pressures. The sticker on the door jam is what Toyota will say, this is the minimum pressure that you should run in your tires. Do not go below this pressure. The number on the sidewall of the tire I don't is, think it, I don't think it says that, does it? It just says it's a manufacturer's recommended pressure. Right, it's yeah. recommended pressure. It's recommended pressure. But when you say to me this is the recommended pressure, it doesn't say that if you go less, it's, your tire's going to wear out faster or it won't be as safe. Uh, you know, what, what the manufacturer should do is recommend the pressure that gives you the best compromise between safety, fuel economy, and ride. It shouldn't be the lowest safe pressure that you want on your, on your tires. So. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. But it, what they, they try to give it to where it still gives you that little bit softer ride. Exactly, yeah. And the tire manufacturer will tell you, this is the maximum pressure that you can safely run in this tire. Do not exceed this level because my tire is not guaranteed to be safe if you go above this pressure. Yeah, they say maximum pressure, and uh, and that, uh, but the auto manufacturer doesn't say minimum pressure. Right. So if you go somewhere in the middle between those, yeah. you're safe, but the higher you run towards that maximum pressure, the better fuel economy you're going to get. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I'll tell you, it can be pretty f confusing, folks. So, uh, you know, the door jam, the side, uh, the side of uh, your tire, the sidewell of your tire, uh, the manufacturer's uh, recommendation, uh, keep that uh, owner's manual out and uh, make sure uh, that you have, you know, the right weight in your tires. It makes a huge difference all the way around. Hey, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, jot that text number down because whenever we uh, do our mystery shopping report, that's where you can vote. And we love hearing from each and every one of you why you make the show. Now back to Rick. Here we have one from Gary in Lake Park. He says, did you know that on the Ford 3.5 liter six-cylinder engine, the water pump is behind the timing chain cover, which costs about $2,000 to replace on a good day. Mm. And if the water pump leaks through the, what is known as the weep hole, uh, this is when the bear, if the bearing and seals on the water pump start to give out, there's a little hole that the coolant will drip through. Weep? It's weep as in weeping or crying. Uh, the water, the coolant 
actually goes into the oil crankcase. Great engineering, huh? Well, unfortunately, yeah, Ford has, Ford has done some rather silly things. And this one, yeah, Gary, I agree with you. That's not a good idea. Basically, they've designed an engine that if you start leaking coolant, it's going to leak into the crankcase, contaminating the oil, possibly damaging more parts in the engine. And obviously, you're not going to have an easy way to see that because you don't have an external drip that would leave a puddle under your car saying, hey, there's a problem. So bad on Ford for that one. That was not right. Not right at all. Top of the list. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. We have a, a few more minutes for us to take your phone calls. And uh, right now there is no phone calls. We're, we're going to stay with Rick. Do you have some YouTubes? I'm going to take a quick moment and look up oh, this. Oh, you're taking a quick moment. Uh, owl look, car. Let me, let me make a point about uh, the controversy or the... Uh, adversarial relationship that's building between auto manufacturers and dealers. And uh, this is, uh, I mentioned earlier in the show, that the dealers are afraid that they're going to be uh, thrown out with the, the bathwater. We're going to be using direct sales from the manufacturers. Um, they've, they've always, there's always been a hidden adversarial relationship between auto dealers and auto manufacturers. Uh, one of them that's, that's coming up now, and I believe it's Virginia and some other states, where the manufacturers are angry because the dealers have lobbied to, to make the manufacturer pay them the same hourly rate when they do a customer repair than when they do a repair for the <coughs> manufacturer, which is a warranty repair. And uh, it, it's, I, I can see the kettle boiling now, and there's a lot of legislation around the country that is going, uh, basically, lawsuits by the dealers against the manufacturers. They're, they see that their, their, their paycheck, the dealers' paychecks, are being threatened. Uh, you take, uh, I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, you've got Sony Honda Mobility, and we say, well, what is Sony Honda, Mob Honda Mobility? It's Honda manufacturing, and they're going to build electric vehicles. Guess what? They're calling their new company Sony Honda Mobility because if it's a separate company, they can theoretically go like Tesla and sell you a Honda directly, and Ed Moore's Honda and all the other Honda dealers in the country, they don't get to sell you a car. So uh, this thing is starting to bubble and boil and you will see, I think, in the next few years, more and more manufacturers going direct, which is a good thing for you, the consumer. You know, when we mystery shopped, we mystery shopped Tesla, which is a direct-to-sale, direct-to-the-buyer uh, from the manufacturer. And the, we take, uh, uh, what was the name of the other uh, electric Lucid. vehicle we tested? Uh, uh, Lucid. Lucid, we yeah. Lucid. We did the Lucid. Test, yeah. Same thing. Great shopping report. Uh, the two that we've shopped have had, we gave them A's or B's or high grades. Mm -hmm. So so you have the consumer saying, I want to be treated with dignity and courtesy and respect when I buy a car, and, and the consumer is getting angry. The politicians are hearing that, and then they're, they're bubbling this thing with the uh, anger of the dealers against the manufacturers. You're going to see a split with not only 
the public and, and car dealers, you're going to see a split with the manufacturers and car dealers. And when that happens, you car dealers like me, we're not going to be in business anymore. We're not going to have a franchise or a contract. So, such uh, as I asked earlier, you know, this animosity between the manufacturer and the dealer, it's been the, the conflict has been going on forever, and they could have made some, you know, everything so much easier. Uh, for everybody involved. Back to Rick. Okay, this Aspark Owl is an all-electric, battery-operated supercar. Uh, they're producing a total of 50 of them, 5 zero, at a cost of 2.5 million euros per unit. Uh, so that's probably some like, well, like $5 million each. Um, is that all? It's been claimed that it can accelerate from 0 to 60 in 1.7 seconds, uh, 0 to 156 miles per hour in 10.6 seconds with a top speed of 250 miles per hour, and they're only making it 50. So, yeah, it, it's... it's, uh, yeah, well, it's they, they don't qualify as a production car, but, you know, uh, there's... Uh, Back in my uh, drag race days, when I was a kid, they actually had rocket dragsters. Now, oh yeah, okay. If you want to put a, if you want to put a rocket on wheels, uh, yeah, it'll go real fast. But you know, it's just not really a production car. Yeah. Well, it, it's like the jet engine. They've got a, a semi truck yeah. with three yeah. jet engines on it. Yeah, that, oh, yeah right. I mean, they're 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 knockoffs. They're they're a a, a demonstration item. It's not meant to be. A real production vehicle that yeah. the average, even the average billionaire yeah, is going to be buying. The Tesla oh plant is the hey. fastest production uh, car in the world. Still, yeah. Yeah. let me yes. let me let me uh, reach out to Chuck, who's on our text line, and uh, thanks for uh, helping us. Uh, well, stirred our interest, and we checked it out. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Back to Rick. Okay. Uh, let's see. Johnny Friedley. I'm not sure what is con what I'm taking this out of context, obviously, uh, but I think he's going along with your idea of uh, in the older days ways to get people to buy cars, uh, such things as a free Sony 70 inch TV with every car purchase. Oh sure, yeah. <coughs> not not a surprise. How about those steak knives? What oh yeah, a free set of steak knives. I mean, yeah. uh, the list is endless. The laundry list of back in the days. And Negan one uh, says that basically the weep hole is on the part well excuse me <coughs> folks i'm sorry i've got a bit of a lung issue going here makes me cough at odd points uh the weep hole is on the the water pump normally is there to where if it starts to fail coolant will drip down and leave a, a telltale puddle so you can see that you have an issue and he says if you don't catch it it can go into long-term damage, which obviously true, and can cause extra damage to the engine. So it's a very good idea to get that replaced if you do see that puddle. And hopefully it won't be plugged up with dirt or gunk that might disguise that issue. And that pretty much has us caught up here. Okay, okay. Earl, uh, what do you have for us? Well, uh, you can text, uh, you can do the YouTube, you can do the Facebook. We have time after the Mr. Shopping Report, and we'll certainly get to that. So don't don't stop the text. Uh, we'll hold the phone calls now. 
while I do the uh, mystery shopping report. But please text us or use anonymous feedback uh, or go on Facebook posting or YouTube. And most importantly, remember, folks, you too can vote on the mystery shopping report. We'd love hearing from you and finding out how you feel about our mystery shopping report. We have got the good, we've got the bad, and we've got the ugly. Now back to the recovering car dealer. How we chose the target of our mystery shopping report was basically a full-page newspaper ad. Now you, do, do all of you remember what newspapers are? I mean, uh, I think Nancy and I are the only one on our block that still reads a newspaper. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I read the Palm Beach Post, and I looked at this full-page ad. I'll, I'll hold it up here. If you see at the top of the ad, you'll see the 5000 and was it a $6,000 off MSRP. And uh, it's the only ad, only auto ad in the paper, by the way. All the other car dealers, except for Bruni Chevrolet, I think there are a few in uh, down south in the Miami, Fort Lauderdale area that advertise the Sun Sentinel. But used to be the car dealers did nothing but newspaper advertising, and so, uh, TV was rare uh, back in the day. But do you believe that uh, they would actually give you $5,000 off an Equinox, off of MSRP, or $6,000 off of a Silverado off of MSRP. Well, I didn't believe it, and so we sent in Agent Lightning to uh, do a mystery shop. And uh, you'll enjoy this. By the way, Mar- the, the name of this dealership is Maroonie Chevrolet, and uh, Maroonie uh, was one of the earlier CEOs of AutoNation. Uh, when AutoNation grew, uh, they uh, started calling all their dealerships AutoNation, but in Florida, uh, they're still calling a lot of the AutoNation-owned dealerships Maroney. Maroney is not the owner; it is AutoNation, and uh, it's a little interesting too because I can't find anywhere in the ad. There's a Florida law that says if you own a business, you your name must be in the advertisement. Well, uh, AutoNation is not in the advertisement, or all or else I missed it. So here we go with a mystery shop of Mike Maroney Chevrolet in West Palm Beach on Okeechobee Boulevard. I'll speak in the first person as if I were uh, Mr. Shopper. I arrived at Mike Maroney Chevrolet mid-morning, eager to investigate the advertised discounts of off MSRP. And as I said earlier in the show, if you're going to buy a car at MSRP right now, it's usually a pretty good price. Uh, it was a time where you couldn't even think about it, and now new car prices are coming down slowly. Uh, upon beginning to inspect the Equinox, a salesperson named Dwayne approached me and introduced himself with a firm handshake. I presented him with the advertisement I saw in the Palm Beach Post that promised $5,000 off a new Equinox and $5,000 off of MSRP, and he immediately checked to see what discounts I was eligible for. Despite acknowledging that I may not qualify for all discounts, he stated that he could provide me with a $3,500 discount. Now, uh, here's the ad. I'm holding it up again. And and here's the fine print down here, by the way. You probably can't see that. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't see it either. I have a, I have a magnifying glass, and I looked. 
And nowhere in the fine print is there any disclaimer or explanation of why they're not really going to give you $5,000 off or $6,000 off. So right away, I'm surprised that we have a publicly owned company named AutoNation that is regulated by the Security Exchange Commission and under the, the watch of everyone. The public companies are really scrutinized. And it's just not some little privately owned dealership in a little bitty town somewhere, Paducah, Kentucky, that could just get away with anything because he's so far below the radar, you don't know what he's doing. AutoNation is the second largest main, uh, seller of cars in the uh, world, I think, uh, certainly in the United States. And uh, they're under the uh, microscope. And uh, for them to run an ad like this uh, and uh, violating the law is surprising to me. Uh, I presented them with the advertisement. Okay, I just said that. Despite acknowledging that they may not qualify for all the discounts, he stated he could provide me with a $3,500 discount. I said that too. He, re- he recommended that we take the car for a test drive. But since it was out of gas... <laughs> We'd had to fuel up before going out. Since I was content with just driving around the lot, we opted not to visit the gas station. The MSRP of the Equinox was $37,895. Okay, now let's see. Moroni label, the official federal mandated Moroni label, that is MSRP, $37,895. There was no addendum, no phony Moroni. So they're going to give they're going to give uh, me, the uh, shopper, five thousand dollars off MSRP. Boy, that is really a good deal. Well, let's see what happens. Um, during the test drive, Dwayne uh, thoroughly covered all the features of the fully loaded Equinox, and I inquired about many aspects of the car. He also mentioned that Mike Murney Chevrolet was motivated to sell their car since the more they sold the more they would be granted from Chevrolet. Now, that's a true statement. That's called turn and earn. Car dealers, we car dealers call it turn and earn. The faster you sell the cars, the faster the manufacturer fills the pipeline for you. And during a booming market like we have now, a shortage of supply and a huge demand, it is mandatory that car dealers sell their cars fast. And uh, if you don't, you're not going to get the pipeline filled, and your competition will. Pretty soon, he'll have a lot of cars to sell, and you won't. When we returned to his desk, uh, Dwayne expressed that he would provide me with a fantastic price. Okay, that's puffery. Of course, what else is he going to say? And his objective was to make a sale that day, and that's, you know, that's true. <laughs> they don't want you to come out from under the ether and have time to think about it. So they want to sell you a car that day. Not just that, they want you to drive it home so that the full legal consideration of a contract has been fulfilled. While we were sitting there for approximately 10 minutes of police chase, <laughs> on Okeechobee Boulevard created a lot of disturbance. I was relieved to, we didn't take the car out on the road. That was, you know, that was an aside. And our mystery shopper, uh, whose partner had the car parked out in the street, was almost hit by a, a getaway car. And the cops were chased, and there was really a wild scene there on Okeechobee Boulevard. Amazing. So fortunately, uh, Agent Lightning is safe, as well as the person that was driving the car that drove her to the burning uh, Chevrolet. Uh, Dwayne retrieved all the information and consulted with one of the sales managers to obtain a price sheet for me. 
He returned after a few moments and asked me uh, what car I was currently driving, as well as whether it was titled and registered at my home address. Kind of a strange question. I found it a bit odd, but he clarified that he was trying to obtain the best price possible. Now, you know, roll the tape back what I said earlier about I came in because I want $5,000 off the MSRP, and he said, I'll see what I can do if you qualify for all the discounts. Well, there's nothing in the fine print that talks about the discounts, certainly for $5,000 off, but uh, uh, this is where I'm really surprised at the integrity of this advertisement for a publicly owned company. Dwayne then handed me a worksheet and reviewed the numbers. It showed a $2,815 discount from the MSRP, which was $37,895. But then a $995 junk fee was added, a hidden fee, junk fee, uh, dealer fee. Uh, there's a million names for the hidden fee. I think hidden fee is the best way to describe it, even better than junk fee. Uh, as well as $955 in government fees. Now, there's only, there's only two kinds of government fees that are legitimate. One is the uh, sales tax, and the other one is the uh, registration or the license plate. Now, you'll see later on in the report here that uh, the sales tax uh, is added separately, and uh, there's another junk fee that's added that shouldn't be. Uh, Dwayne explained that $450 of that was for the tag, and okay, so that still leaves almost half that is unexplained. So in my opinion, uh, and I think this has got to be factual, we know the 995 um, hidden fee is not legitimate, and I also believe about half of that $955 is not legitimate. So right away they're adding $1,500 back to the advertised price, which was supposed to be $5,000 off MSRP. Taxes were added, and the $1,750 rebate came off. Now, there was a rebate. My actual price was $34,825. Uh, $3,070 off MSRP. Well, that's still not $5,000. To reach that price, Maroney gave me a $1,320 discount, and General Motors kicked in another 1750 consisting of a Conquest discount and a rare consumer cash. Well, the Conquest discount means you have to have a Chevrolet in the family, and that isn't disclosed in the fine print. Uh, this deal was $5,000 off an Equinox as advertised. It was not, but it was close. Well, it was close if you take into consideration the fact that there's some fees that he said were uh, Tax, non-taxable fees, government fees, which weren't. I informed them that I needed to confer with my husband and would be in contact. Before departing, I inquired if Dwayne could also investigate the advertised Silverado deal for my son, and of course that was the one that was a $6,000 discount. $5,000 discount on the Equinox and $6,000 off on the Silverado. So, um, um, he's, he's leading him to believe that we, we could buy that too. I waited just a few minutes for a worksheet. It was for a 2023 Silverado uh, 1500 with an MSRP of 45420 The worksheet showed a $4,300 discount. Of course, the advertisement was $6,000. Uh, then they added $1,500 in junk fees and half of the government fees 
I got the $1,750 rebate again. My real price was $40,870, $45,50 off MSRP. And I don't really believe it was because they actually had added back something they called government fees. Fell short of the promise, a discount by $1,500, but way closer to the thought uh, than I thought it'd be. Uh, I thanked Dwayne and left. Now, the, the bottom line here is that prices are coming down because even if it's only uh, a $3,000 discount or a $1,500 discount, it's more than you would normally get off MSRP. So the good news is we see the the prices of new cars coming down. Uh, the bad news for Maroney, which is AutoNation, is the fact that they were not honest in their advertising. Uh, even the Federal Trade Commission says that anything that you do in an advertisement that lowers the actual selling price has to be displayed prominently, just as if, just as the price is. Now, here's the price. I'll hold this up again. That $5,000 discount and $6,000 discount is in huge type. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's just, uh, there's nothing bigger in that advertisement than the $5,000 and $6,000 discount. Well, lowering the price because you don't qualify for a discount, according to the Federal Trade Commission, has got to be right up there alongside the $5,000 in the same font and the same type style in the same proximity is what you're advertising the price at or the discount. So they violated that. And as I say, I'm, I'm a little shocked because they are a public company. And my general advice has always been, all things being equal, you should go to a public company to buy a car rather than a privately owned company. I say that even though I'm a dealer with a privately owned company. Uh, that's just the way it is for most dealers. The public companies are a little bit more careful about what they do, mainly because they're in the public eye, they're in the uh, stockholder's eye, they're in the Security Exchange Commission's eye, and when they cheat on something, eh, you know, they're going to get in a whole lot more trouble. Well, we've got that. We've got to get the votes in, and uh, we uh, take the time to text us the vote or YouTube us the vote, and uh, we will go around and poll the uh, voters down and... Rick, you want to go, for, go first? All righty. We've got Mark Anderson, Mark from St. Louis, D, old school misleading newspaper ads. Get the ink on your fingers. Negan 1 says F for false advertising. Uh, let's see here. Johnny Z. Fraley says F for a bunch of phony maroni baloney. <laughs> Tim Gilliland from Yuma not the worst, but still smells bad. C minus. Mark Smith, disappointing. D. Andy Z, D for sure. Brian Sedlatko, false advertisement deserves an F. Tom Steckel, I'd give him a C minus. No addendums, government fees are overstated, and the ad was a bit deceptive on the discount. Mark Ryan with a D. Then we've got Mark. From Palm Beach Gardens, deception, lies, and dishonesty. Hit the door, Ms. Lightning. F, F, F. Uh, Bob, D for deceptive advertising. Where is Ashley Moody? Jonathan in Wellington, Maruni Chevy gets an F for me. Hidden fees and lies about fees is an immediate fail. And 
Anne-Marie, the violating law equals an F. Uh, for me, I'm going to say they're actually giving some discounts here. So I'm going to go a little more lenient. I'm going to say a C minus simply for the idea that if you're careful and you work it hard enough, I bet you might be able to even get a little better deal on that one. Oh, and Las Caretas, 31, F. That's our full collection over here. What do you think, Earl? Well, I, I'm torn here. I, uh, I, I feel a little embarrassed because I've always recommended automation. Uh, I'm looking at the fine print with my magnifying glass. I'll hold it up. <laughs> I, I literally can't read it without it. And one of the, one of the discounts that was, that was deleted from the price before they realized whether or not you would qualify, you have to have a 2009 or newer non-GM vehicle registered in the household. So uh, that's a nice way to treat your loyal customers that uh, buy GM cars. You give the bigger discount to somebody that uh, has a GM car. Uh, and then the other interesting thing here is I see in the fine print, and nowhere in the fine print that they talk about the discount of $5,000 to 6000 but uh, they, they talked about uh, uh, the payments of the ad, and uh, they, would, they would give you 6.5% annual percentage rate, but you had to have an A-plus credit score. I'm not sure what they call an A-plus, but uh, it sounds to me like you'd have to have like an 800 beacon uh, which is uh, r really unreasonable because very, very few people have that. Uh, well, how are you going to score before I tell I, you my I, score? Uh, I, I like the way you put that. It sounds like, yeah. you know, an 800 beacon. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, for me, uh, I, I just can't deal with false advertisement. There's uh, too many loopholes in this mystery shop. Um, th this deception and uh, I'll reiterate where the ha where is Ashley Moody. There's so much that uh, these dealers are getting away with. Why? Uh, I, I can't answer the question. For me, I give them an F. False uh, advertisement, deception. I'm, I'm holding this up so I can po point to the fine print. Now, the blue, uh, that's not the fine print. Well, my finger is there. You, can't, you don't see anything <laughs> because <laughs> you can't read it. And, uh, and not only is the fine print unreadable without a magnifying glass, but it doesn't give the full disclosure. So that's a terrible violation of the rules. And there are a lot of rules out there. There's a lot of laws out there. And hey, I don't know, Ashley Moody, uh, I mean, Monro uh, 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 Monroney, he's turning over in his grave. Wasn't it back in 1958 when, you know, uh, th this law was put into order, you know, about uh, a label that can't be removed, uh, a, a window sticker? I mean, there's so many violations here. I don't like it. It stinks. Still need your grade, Earl. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them, it's, it's so hard for me to do that. I just hate to do this to automation. I'm, I'm going to give them a D. And uh, I think uh, at the beginning of the show, I was talking to Jonathan. We're talking about the fact that this is the only ad in the newspaper, how nobody uh, advertises in the newspaper anymore. And then Jonathan said, you know, this could be a demographic thing. And he's absolutely right. 
the people that read newspapers are old people like me. I, I subscribe, Nancy and I subscribe, and we're elderly, and uh, nobody else, I mean, nobody reads the newspaper, and the car dealers don't. So it, it would be even sadder to think that Maroney Automation is targeting uh, older people. And, uh, but uh, you could make an argument, couldn't you, that why is everybody else advertising on Facebook and, uh, and digitally a- advertising? Why are no other car dealers or anybody advertising in newspapers anymore? Maybe they're targeting old people, and that's not a nice thing to do. No, I mean, and, and you would recommend AutoNation in yeah, the day. I always Absolutely. Do, yeah, yeah. And for us to get into the studio in the day, I mean, how many newspaper ads did we bring in? Did we prepare prior to the show? Yeah. And uh, it, it's just inconscionable. And you hit on it, senior citizens. Let's take advantage of them. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there. If you want to go back historically, uh, a lot of widows, I mean, uh, men typically predecease uh, their wives. And back, uh, people that grew up in the 40s and 50s and 60s, it was a man's world. Uh, it's still too much of a man's world, but. Uh, I'll let Nancy yes. talk about that next week. That's another but, show. Uh, we, uh, what I'm saying is a lot of women out there have never bought a car before. And uh, here they are targeting widows. If you want to be called a spade a spade, they're, they're targeting uh, inexperienced uh, elderly people to take advantage of by advertising the Palm Beach Post. Uh, one, one minor point here. Um, I've had a couple people have come in to say, uh, let's see, uh, Paul has mentioned, you mentioned on an earlier show that Mike Marooney was not the Marooney Auto Nation. So is Mike Marooney, own, does he own this dealership or is... No. It's okay. Auto Nation, the public company owns it. Mike Marooney was one of the earlier CEOs. He, was, uh, he worked with Auto Nation and uh, when they first got started, they called the, uh, a lot of the stores Marooney. And then AutoNation made a policy change, and they don't put names typically on their dealerships anymore. Okay, so Mike Marooney is not... Just a guy. Yeah. He lives in Miami. Okay. <coughs> and not to be confused with the senator in Oklahoma uh, that initiated the Marooney label back in 1958. Okay. we got two minutes. Are we going to sign off? Uh, I'm going to tap dance. Okay. <laughs> I want to uh, give a special thank you to Jonathan, and I'm sure everyone by now has noticed the backdrop. He's wishing all of us uh, and all of you happy Valentine's Day. He does a great job with the backdrops. He does a great job with everything. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 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 I want to thank you all for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. We'll be right back here next week. 8 a.m. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy that Super Bowl. Bye-bye.